don't think consumers differentiate between 85 95 and 90 people only differentiate between 0 and 100 at the top there's only room for one right i believe in india 80% of celebrity usage in advertising that i see is not thought creating is easy what to create is a million dollar question hi You're listening to Marketing with Vani in which I speak to marketing gurus. Together we decode how marketing works in the real world to grow your business. Have you tried crossing out an irritating ad while reading an article online, but the cross is almost invisible or the ad itself refuses to go away? Well, you've encountered a dark pattern. Dark patterns are those hidden elements in websites and apps that boost sales but hurt user experience. In this episode, Vani speaks with Manisha Kapoor, CEO of the Advertising Standards Council of India about dark patterns, why you must be aware of how you as a consumer might be manipulated and what you can do better as an advertiser to not win the consumer's ire. Manisha, we have a really really interesting subject today. and i've been reading up a little bit on the press reports on what we call dark patterns but i think in general there's very little awareness of what is a dark pattern what is it that consumers are subjected to in your view and why is it that you're taking this up with the with the force and the vigor that you are taking it up now tell us what are dark, dark patterns to start with so i think dark patterns are something that we've actually all encountered i don't think there is a single person on the planet who's using the internet in some way today who hasn't encountered dark patterns it is basically a kind of interface that makes certain choices for you or presents choices to you in a way that may not completely be apparent to you in terms of what are the consequences of those choices so it is about some trick which has been used to manipulate user choices on either social commerce or e-commerce or just on any kind of website and i think given how prevalent all of these are it's very likely that all of us have encountered some kind of a dark pattern and, and these are actually they creep into our transactions or our interactions in a very kind of insidious way whether it is pricing and what you're paying for a product whether it is how much information you're sharing with the platform to move to the next screen to what kind of prices are you paying do you have transparency about prices or do you know how much stock is available etc So I think these are the different areas you know that dark patterns find themselves in and we as consumers kind of encounter them and just given how prevalent you know, the whole ecosystem of internet and social media and e-commerce is in our lives I think this is something that impacts as I said many many people across the world and which is why it's a concern it's a very widespread phenomena tell me something manisha when you talk about how much information you're sharing on the platform or what kind of pricing you're seeing or stocks limited etc etc tell me a lot of this will it not be driven by the algorithm as they call it or will it not be covered under the tnc's that we put a tick mark on will it not be a function of the changing dynamics of stock pricing what we call capitalism how would this be different from that what is a dark pattern would it be something that the company willfully does to mislead or manipulate the consumer no absolutely so i think it is the designing of the interface that is done in a manner which is beneficial to the service provider 
but is perhaps not a great choice for the receiver and i think that's the that in a sense would define what a dark pattern is where it compromises the consumer value in favor of shareholder value or stakeholder value in an ideal scenario there needs to be a balance between what a consumer wants and typically you would see that many organizations actually flourish when consumers see a lot of value in this case what is happening is that you're actually eroding consumer value in some way in order to increase you know the value for the advertiser in some you know so, so so that is i would say the difference between a dark pattern and an algorithm which in a sense presents choices but does so in a fair manner so the issue is not about the algorithm it is about what is the intent of that algorithm and tell me over here manisha while you're waging this ba- battle on dark patterns would this not also be a lot about the competitive context in the sense in the various you would know this as well we all worked at big fmcg companies and this battle on how much plastic and how much garbage are we creating has been on since at least two decades if not longer and i remember conversations in boardrooms where we'd say you know, should we stop sachets should we stop plastic and then we'd say but what about all of the other fmcg companies everybody is in a sachet everybody is plastic everybody is creating gand and this is what the consumer is only willing to pay for you know the consumer is not going to pay higher in that sense even with reference to dark patterns how do i as a marketer or as an advertiser take a stand to genuinely give value to my consumer genuinely not put out anything with the intent to mislead knowing that i face competitive heat and my my competitors might go under the radar and yank away business from me yeah so i think you know none of these things have an overnight solution but i think the first step is that can we establish at least what the intent is and i think we are perhaps not there yet or even do we even acknowledge that this is a problem or have we taken for granted that this is the way in which business is done and i think that's where the problem starts i think if there is enough acknowledgement that there seems to be some degree of unfairness in the way that these patterns have been brought forward i think once you have the intent or you acknowledge that it's a problem i think you know there are enough intelligent people and enough honest people who will figure out what the solution is it may not be an elegant solution to start with Uh, hmm. but i think that intent is there there will be a set of team there will be a set of people who will start working on those solutions i think perhaps we are at that stage where it is just taken for granted and not even acknowledged potentially as a problem so i think the other challenges in terms of competitiveness all of those come a stage later and i would say that just like in the case of plastics uh-huh. there is a concerted effort to try and resolve what is at least acknowledged as a problem and i think we are some way away from that when it comes to dark patterns I think that's a very good point Manisha that's very true you're right unless if it weren't for you raising the decibel levels on this it is not something that even came into my consciousness i didn't even know that there is something called dark patterns and you're right it's often been the case for example i was reading in one of your articles it's true that several times you're on a website and you're desperately clicking on the cross so that you can read the article but you instead land elsewhere and it's such an irritant that you eventually don't end up getting what you went to that article for 
And uh, yeah, how does one take action on this? Because Manisha, in the internet world, it's hidden in so many nooks and crannies and it's it's so all-pervasive in a sense. There's some sort of an irritant and you don't know whether this is, is this done with the intent to mislead or not or to dig under and figure what's right, what's not. This would be a very, very massive battle to wage, isn't it? Would you A, uncover it and would you principally rely on consumer complaints? So you're absolutely right that any kind of digital advertising today rests within a really vast ocean of advertising, right? And just the sheer number of advertisers, the number of advertisements yeah. on digital, is it almost seems like it's infinite. And how do we pick on some of these? So a couple of things. One is, of course, through some raised consumer awareness, when consumers start to spot these patterns, and we are trying to also work with students, they're on the internet all the time, and this is something that might interest them. So we are trying to see whether we can pilot a few projects with students identifying the websites that they visit, what are the dark patterns that exist over there. We are doing some exercises of that nature. Of course, consumer complaints, we would be happy to handle. And we will also look at how technology can help us to uncover some of these. You know, just as there are algorithms to create these dark patterns, there will also be algorithms to detect dark patterns. And I think this continued investment in technology and our focus on digital will help us in that sense, take more slow moto and proactive action and not just wait for consumer complaints. But I think this is an evolving space. There's always a little bit of a cat and mouse a game that happens. I also want to actually bring in the earlier point that you mentioned about how frustrating it can sometimes become for consumers to then be in the online space. And I think again, people who are here for the long term will recognize that if you constantly create experiences for consumers that are frustrating, that are uncomfortable for them, that eventually those are spaces they will avoid. You don't want them to be on your site reluctantly. You would like them to be there with an objective to engage with your site in some way. So I think eventually the consumer experience is ruined. And I would say that there would be advertisers and there would be service providers and platforms that don't want to go down that path. So I think competitive pressures will always be there. So even in traditional advertising, you know, someone may say that I can't make this claim because I'm honest, but look at the number of people doing it. And so I think that can always be a stance, but I don't think that stance serves honest advertisers well in the long term because eventually the consumer experience of that industry or that platform or that kind of interaction is unhappy and then eventually consumers will abandon it and, and look for things which are better experienced. So I think it is in the industry's own interest to sort out these issues through collective action and through these kind of conversations. So I understand that there will not be an easy solution, but I think the right-minded people need to come together to find solutions for this. So I remember even in the earlier episode that we'd recorded on, you know, ASCII guidelines on influencer marketing. I remember even there you deployed heavy use of technology and you partnered with Dhruv. Over here, I think the solution of partnering with students is very interesting to be able to uncover this. And yes, you're right. One has to first start with just making people aware that there is this thing called dark patterns. Know when you're being manipulated and when you are sensitized to this, then you will raise an alarm and and also start to boycott places which tend to cheat in a way. Tell me, Manisha, 
How, what kind of remedial action or what kind of punitive action would you take? Because the to define the degree of the offense would be quite difficult. No, Would this categorize, how would you categorize the degree of offenses or the extent of malintent? Yeah, so I think in that sense, the action that ASCII takes has been well established. We are not a government or a statutory body. So our endeavor is to get voluntary compliance. Now, I know that a lot of people feel unhappy with voluntary compliance and feel that everything should be punitive. But let me tell you the advantages of voluntary compliance. One is that it's much faster. If you look at a statutory action, we all know that it runs into months, years, if not decades. And then what is really the value of that resolution after such a long time for something which is a campaign that may have lasted only for a day or two or a month. Then the second thing we should remember is that voluntary action costs the taxpayer nothing. The Uh, As a body has been funded by the industry. The industry pays for us to be an independent body that keeps advertising clean and honest. And there are always punitive actions that the consumers can apply for or deploy, right? There are the consumer courts and there is the CCPA now and there are the courts of law. So I think those options are available. So it's not as if a consumer who wishes to see punitive action has no other alternatives. But ASCII becomes, in a sense, the first line of defense where our focus is on voluntary compliance for the reasons I mentioned that it's speedy, it's up to date, it can provide remedies for things which are very current. For example, when you look at dark patterns or influencers or crypto or gaming, these are like industries that are very heavy advertisers in the current times and these are the new concerns. And self-regulation is able to kind of quickly incorporate those as part of its code. Our code itself is almost like a living document. So I think those are the advantages of voluntary compliance. But yes, for repeat offenders, for willful offenders, I think the government needs to then come down with a more heavy hand. And they have the powers to do that. So I think there is a a variety of solutions available to consumers and others who who feel such kind of advertising is problematic. Uh, And the consumer has a choice as to which resolution they wish to pursue and you know each of them has certain pros and cons. Manisha tell me something of this scale that you're attempting this would require marketing in itself because in a sense what you're attempting to do is to educate the consumer on something that the consumer isn't aware of right now? No, absolutely. I think, again, consumer education awareness is like an ongoing endeavor. And again, it's not just ASCII, but you have a lot of great consumer organizations in the country. You have the Department of Consumer Affairs. And it is, I think, our collective objective in some way to make sure that the consumers are more aware. So uh, I think we will continue our efforts. But I don't think, you know, any one organization can that mandate. It's too vast and different people at different levels. So starting from how do we make even students aware of this? So they're one of the largest cohorts who will become aware students tomorrow, who will enter the industry tomorrow. So how do we reach out to different cohorts of people who form sizable groups of consumers? And how do we educate them not just about dark patterns, but about all the other things about advertising and, and, you know, practices, other kind of how consumers can keep themselves safe, how they can call out, you know, how they can recognize some of these problems, how they can call those out, which are the resolution forums that they have, you know, the option for. So I think it's a larger agenda, which the government consumer organizations, responsible advertisers, and a body like ASCII all need to work together on this. And Manisha, 
tell me in this while we're talking about dark patterns and we've discussed what dark patterns are but would this also extend to the use of what should i say brain biases or consumer psychology that is used by marketers in order to keep consumers hooked or in order to keep consumers i mean though I, over there it's an ethical line like even over here a lot of it is like you said of course there is mal intent involved but strictly if i were to contend this in court and if i were to say look it's all covered in the fine print on my terms and conditions to which you as a consumer by your own volition you put a tick mark to then there is no way that you can contest me in court you should have read the terms and conditions they are all available i think all of us know that what is a reasonable effort that you would expect the consumers to put it's really the consumer has to be a technical ux expert to understand all your terms and conditions it means that you are trying to mislead consumers uh-huh. so I, i think those are things which as i said what would a reasonable consumer understand we are not looking at a consumer who let's say maybe highly vulnerable but at the same time we don't want to look at a consumer who is a bigger expert than the advertiser so i yeah. think that line is something that uh, you know i'm sure courts would use as well to determine a particular case but i think coming back to the early part of your question is that don't advertisers deploy consumer psychology they do uh, i mean the whole area of ui ux design is a study of how we as human beings interact with a screen where do yeah. our eyes travel to uh, what yeah. do we see on a screen because typically screens have a lot of information what is mm-hmm. the advertiser yeah. highlighting what choices mm-hmm. are highlighted versus what choices are suppressed and that is an integral part of ui ux design i think mm-hmm. all that we are saying is that in providing for those highlights or those choices in the way that you are expecting the consumer's journey across your interface that makes sure that everything is fair so let me give you a simple example mm-hmm. uh, let's say you are signing up for an email service or something like that right and the choice that is highlighted to you is that uh, yes I, i i agree with terms and conditions and move on and let's say a small print says that see what are the key terms and conditions or see what are the key what are the other choices available and then you find a few other choices that let's say include things like i don't want to receive promotional material or that you will use my website with your or you will use my details with your platform partners etc the question is why can't each of those choices be equally presented to the consumers you know on a single screen where there is no highlight or no attempt to get the consumer to choose something which they may not want to do i think that's really the crux of the issue saying that let the consumers take an informed choice and mm-hmm. make sure that the information is given in a manner that is transparent but not mm-hmm. overwhelming also for a consumer so i think that's the balance that you know people who really I I would say value their own brands in the long term and their consumers uh, you know must make and I think we are already starting to see uh, some consumer pushback some kind of conversation globally on these issues and I'm sure it's not going to be any different in India Wow okay fantastic you're absolutely right now that you're saying it that's so true there are so many times when between the allow and the no thanks is virtually invisible you don't you can't yeah sometimes you actually have to like really hunt for it Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. It's not just the stuff that you see on the internet and on screens, right? There is a company that I interacted with. I don't want to name the brand, but for example, the follow-ups that you get on SMS 
or constant bombarding, even though you believe you unsubscribed for that service and you are still getting, it's almost as though you have to live with that advertising. You're bombarded with advertising messages, even though you feel I've done everything to unsubscribe, I've done everything possible to get off their list, whether in the online world or in the offline world, would also would also fall under the purview of this conversation, right, Manisha? Yeah, so I think that's a larger conversation, which is really about practices and not necessarily advertisements alone. It's about, let's say, consumer acquisition practices or consumer engagement practices. Now, some of them don't actually fall under ASCII's purview, but yeah, they definitely are in the larger realm of consumer protection and there would be different entities looking at those issues. But yes, I think, you know, it is in dealing with the online space and even the examples you gave, whether it's SMS, whether it is at some point you've interacted with this brand in some online space and that's how you've got incorporated with them. So that definitely happens. We also see actually, you know, I know of so many even physical stores you walk in and at the billing point, they will ask you for your phone number. And unless they have a program where your points need to be added I see no reason to share my phone number with if I'm just buying a loaf of bread from your shop so I think again the idea of having some control over what your data is being collected for and used for is reasonable for consumers to expect see again if you look at now I have started seeing some sites having this option and I think I'm quite happy about it which is about cookies and they will transparently say what are the cookies so you use essential cookies which are basically for the performance of the site but there are additional cookies which let's say will track your location or you know will receive your offers and you can disable those so I have now started seeing some websites giving you those options where you're clear again what is your information being used for and and sometimes you don't mind your information being used if it gives you a good experience a simple thing like saying that I want to stay logged into the site that I go to very often or I want to enter my credit card number every single time I do a transaction on a site that again I go to very often so those are also in some ways you have agreed to share your data for a certain convenience in return and i think you know if it is used for that purpose it's all fair and i think it also makes the digital experience smoother for us as consumers i think the line is crossed when it is used for things that you didn't realize you had given permissions for because you know it was framed in such a complex way that you didn't really understand what was going on so i think just that simplicity not overwhelming consumers and not putting a tick mark to this whole thing saying that i've explained terms and conditions And this is a common problem, again, not just in the online world. I'm sure any of us who have bought a house have signed the agreement without understanding 70% of what we are signing up for. And I think there are now courts are holding that you may have signed an agreement, but it doesn't mean that the builder can get away with everything. So I think we will see more and more precedents where, you know, what a reasonable consumer might understand and expect when they're signing a contract or signing up for a service. What might they expect will become an important aspect in arbitration as well. Fabulous. I wish this could be taken up as a subject in colleges because now, <laughs> given thought, we are we take the online world so for granted. You walk into a store and you want to first check how much is it available online. You do your research online. You're looking at reviews and customer testimonials, etc. online. So the fact is that in some ways, without the mobile, we'd all feel entirely incapacitated to go through life. And in that scenario, given the context of this conversation, number one, I think UI UX as a field itself is set to explode. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think and uh, it's also something that 
makes our interaction with the online world smoother. And so there, there is a great value to great UX UI design, right? Certain websites seem intuitive versus others don't and others seem clunky because of the smoothness that the UX design provides for you. And I think it's just that in doing so, can it keep the consumer's interest in mind, I think is is all that we are saying. But you're absolutely right. I think, in fact, later today, I, in fact, have a conversation with a college and I'm going to talk about dark patterns over there. The other thing, one, is that we are working on is the idea of an ASCII Academy, uh, which is really going to, wow. to, really going to provide for a lot of training, a lot of research in the area of advertising and consumer protection. And uh, we are looking to work with not just corporate partners, but also academicians, uh, school students, teachers, consumers, consumer bodies, insight organizations. And really take this conversation to where it belongs, which is with people, which is with industry. And have them engage in this agenda in a preventive way. Not just for ASCII to kind of come into their lives when there's a problem with their ads. But how can we actually help? make the point of creation of advertising more honest and more informed and something that is done with a degree of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really the attempt with this program that we are working on right now. And we should be able to launch it in the next couple of months. And but that's exactly the intent. How do we impact the point of creation? Yeah, that'll be great if one could get, for example, ASCII certified UI, UX experts, not because these experts would super sanitize your digital assets, but because they would understand what makes the consumers tick while also doing it in a way that's good for business and good for society at large would be fantastic. Now I have so many entrepreneurs and for everyone actually, I think a website that gets you business is the first ask. And uh, everyone's looking for a UI UX expert. And I think this field is much misunderstood as well, as is the case for most professions, but more, more so for this, because this is a young field still, you know, it's still, uh, we're still learning. And there are, the demand supply gap is huge. So if there were any college, if there were any body that could sort of actually bring curriculum and teach this in a way that gives it principles, that gives it good practices, that helps the common man understand what is good UI UX, that would be of tremendous value. Yeah, so I think there are already institutes that that teach this. I think ASCII's endeavor would be to tie up with all kinds of academic institutes that are preparing the next generation of people who will be in the industry in different ways, right? Who are going to be a part of that ecosystem, whether as advertisers, filmmakers, content creators, UI, UX designers. How do we interact with them? And while they will always teach, in a sense, the more functional parts of the curriculum, but how do we incorporate this idea of ethics as a layer to whatever they are being taught. That is precisely one of the big objectives of the ASCII Academy. So we are in the process of tying up with several academic institutions as well. And, you know, we'll continue to onboard them for the next several months. Fabulous, Manisha. Lovely talking to you. And I'm glad that there are people like you, there are bodies like ASCII that are actually thinking about stuff like this in the interest of the consumer. Thank you for this conversation. This episode was brought to you by Cherry Peach Plum. 
Vani and her team of marketers and problem solvers at Cherry Peach Plum help businesses solve a wide range of growth challenges by utilizing proven marketing playbooks. Get in touch with us via cherrypeachplum.in if you want to take your brand to the next level. I hope you liked my show. And if you did, please do consider subscribing. I also have a YouTube channel by the same name, Marketing by Vani. Please do check that out too. Thank you. <laughs> How badly could you screw up one line? <laughs> okay.